Good morning. Glad you're here. Hopefully you enjoyed the beautiful day yesterday. Spring is here. And uh, we're in a series called Game Plan, and today's topic is a word from the coach. And this intro video thing goes on. I get to look and figure out where everybody's seated. seated. And so that's good for me. Um, the other thing is, most of you probably know, that we, if you're on Facebook, you can watch this. If you're not here, you can watch this, or you can watch it later, or you can watch it again later if you want to. So that's pretty cool what technology uh, does. I was talking to some, one of our former members, and they're in another state, and they go to church at 10 o'clock and rush home at least by 11.30 so they can listen to me and miss the music, but they can go back and listen to it later. So cool, right? All right. <clears throat> this series is actually about decision-making. Uh, God's got a plan for your life. God's got a will for your life. You're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life. We encourage you to pray that, God, show me or tell me. But how do you know? How do you know it's God? How do you know it's just not thoughts in your head or, or what you want to do or, you know, leftovers from the, the pizza ate last night or whatever it might be? Now, we use the analogy in football. The quarterback has this headset and he, the coach sends in signals. And as long as the headset's working... It's clear, right? Okay, this is the next play. This is the next play. This is the next play. But if there's problems with the headset, then it all gets screwed up, right? Start doing hand signals and all this other stuff. <clears throat> so, how do you know? And if you ask me how I know, sometimes I know, sometimes I'm not sure, sometimes, you know. Uh, one thing I was very sure of, and I, I think I got it right, was... I picked the right person to marry. Most of you know my wife, right? Did a good job there, right? Made the right decision. <laughs> um, so I was pretty sure then. And if you ever tried to listen to God, it, it's tough sometimes, right? You ever just said, hey, Kay, I, I got this important decision to make. I'm just going to block it, you know, get the kids out of here, get everybody out of here. I'm going to get quiet, you know, turn off music, whatever. And I'm just going to listen to God. I'm going to focus on God. And maybe you're more spiritual than I am, but if I try to do that, it isn't long before my mind starts wandering. You know, I got this to do. I'd like to be out running instead of doing this or, you know. Uh, and uh, worse than that is, you ever fallen asleep? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, think God notices when we fall asleep? Probably does, doesn't he? Um, but it's, it's tough sometimes, Right? Um, I don't think it's the most effective way to just kind of just, God, tell me now, I'm, on, I'm listening. In fact, when people tell me, hey, how did, I ask them, how, do you, how did you know that was the right thing to do? Oh, God told me. Well, how did you know that was the right thing? Oh, God told me. And, well, how did you know? Oh, God told me. I'm a skeptic by nature, folks. And when I hear that, I said, uh, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe that was just what you wanted to do. Because God doesn't talk to me that clearly all the time. So I put on your outline, how do I know that it's God and not just me? And we do some crazy things to try and figure that out sometimes. Sometimes we, we manufacture these circumstances. Like, you know, my girlfriend and I had this song, and I'm wondering if we kind of push it to the next level. And so I turn the radio on, guess what song came on? It was our song. So that must mean we're supposed to, you know, take it to the next level. By the way, Deb and I had two songs way back when. Most of you don't remember these songs, but um, 
Uh, you are the woman that I always dreamed of. Anybody know that song? That was one of our songs. But the other one was, because I was a carpenter at the time, if I was a carpenter and you were a lady. Yeah, that was our two songs. But anyway, uh, just a little extra information for you. But anyway, we do this kind of, you know, manufacturing these circumstances. Another thing is people look for signs. And if you Google this, you get all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, people seeing the face of God in the, in the moisture on their window or their car or in a pizza or in potato chips. You know, I saw God's face. Now, let me just ask you a simple question. If you're a God of the universe and you can do anything you want and you're trying to communicate to us, his children, what he wants us to do. And God's scratching his head. I think the best way to do that is with potato chips. I don't think so. I think he can come up with a better way. But, you know, we do these crazy things, looking for signs. It's like, I always struggle with this. There's a story in the Bible about this guy who wasn't sure what God wanted to do. His name is Gideon. And he said, God, uh, all right, if you really want me to do this, if he's telling him to go fight this battle and he wasn't a soldier, uh, I'm going to put this, you know, this fleece out and um, you make the ground wet and the fleece dry and I'll know it's what you want me to do. And God actually did it. But then he was, still wasn't sure, if you know the story. So he said, well, let's, let's, let's switch it up. <laughs> so tonight, the ground will be dry and the fleece will be wet. And he wakes up the next day and he can wring the water out of this fleece. And so he finally does what God wants him to do. Now, I don't know the lesson in that story. I don't think that normally that's what God wants us to do. Uh, but we think that way sometimes. Okay, God, God, give me a sign. And we manufacture what that sign is. <clears throat> Third thing is we often justify our decisions. Well, God, I know you love me and you want what's best for me. You want me to be happy. That, that's not really true, but I'll get back to that. You want me to be happy and I'll be happy if I do this or go here or hook up with her or him or, or whatever. Justify, justify, justify. Now, God doesn't necessarily want you to be happy. He wants you to be at peace, and he wants you to give you joy, and he wants you to be holy, and he wants you to be in his will, but that doesn't always make you happy. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Uh, better than that, actually. So, uh, does God speak? And the answer is yes. I absolutely believe he speaks. In fact, it's better than that. He loves you and wants to speak and he is able to speak who could stop God from doing what he wants to right so the question is this have I put myself in position to listen some of you guys are married like I am and I'm watching TV and my wife walks into the room now with TVs now it's simple I just pause it yes dear what can I do for you alright but even then if she's Sometimes she's just walking through, other times she's got something to tell me, so I give her my attention. But if she starts talking and she starts asking me stuff, all of a sudden my mind's thinking about what I'm gonna, how I'm going to respond. And so it's really important what I'm going to say, so I have to remember it, right? So then I'm not completely focused on what she's saying. And what happens is later I'll find out, She'll say something. I say, oh, you didn't tell me. I said, she'll say, yes, I did. <laughs> oh, okay. Must have been when I kind of checked out there for a minute. So you have to put yourself in the position to listen, right? <clears throat> um, so I know, 
I truly believe that God speaks. So I had to put myself in a place to listen. <clears throat> and again, not only that he speaks, but he, he, it's his desire, his will. So I would encourage you to invite God into your decision making. Say, okay, God, I got to make this decision. I want your input. So how do we get input on God on decision making? So I'm going to give you three things. We've kind of covered a couple, two, the first two previous weeks, but I'll review them and then we'll get to the, to the third one for today. So the first one is this. Is this decision consistent with what the Bible says? So you've got to know what the Bible says, right? You won't be able to make decisions consistent with the Bible. But if you don't know, you can either look it up for yourself or you can ask somebody else. And I've had people ask me and sometimes I don't know and I will look it up for them. But that's important. It, it, it gives you cl- clear paths and it eliminates some other things and just you know, reduces your, your options. So often we're kind of looking for this, uh, <laughs> this picture in the sky type thing. Oh, I saw the Jesus in the clouds or something type thing. God can do miracles. Not usually. We talked about that, I think, last week that normally doesn't use miracles. <clears throat> but the greatest, one of the greatest miracles we have is the Bible, especially the New Testament. Now, most of you know that there hasn't been books much much less than like 500 years. School teachers know that, right? Printing press 500 years ago. So everything else was handwritten before that. Now the Old Testament, they had this system where, you know, the prophets wrote down stuff and then they made sure they kept copying it. When you get to the New Testament, it's a whole different deal, right? We had Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that wrote accounts of the life of Jesus, which is amazing. We got four guys wrote accounts that we have 2,000 years ago. Again, there's not books. Then we have these letters of Paul and Peter, and, and uh, can you, how many letters of yours are still floating around? So somebody took these letters and somehow preserved them for at least 1,500 years until there were books, and then, of course, there's lots of copies. So this is a miracle. When you open your New Testament and look at the stuff that was written there, the God, how God speaks, that's a huge miracle. Um, so when it seems like it's hard to hear God, let me encourage you, just start reading the Bible. It's amazing. Sometimes you're reading something else and, and you're able to hear God about something else altogether. So is it consistent with the Bible? If it is, okay. What's the next question? Is the decision consistent with God's thumbprint on me? We talked about that, how God's wired you. Um, you know, I can think, oh, okay, and now I'm getting retirement age. I think I'm going to go to, on the road as a country western singer. All right? That's my desire in life in my retirement age. And most of you that know me, especially my kids, they would say, not good idea, Dad. <laughs> First, you can't sing. <laughs> oh, okay, minor detail. All right, so that's not God's thumbprint for me. Just, you know, obvious. So, you know, sometimes our desires, even our passions, we don't have God's thumbprint, okay? Um, but what if it is? What if you're musically talented or, or whatever, you can sing and all these other things? And, you know, it's, God's thumbprint isn't a no in that situation. And sometimes we just kind of sit around and think, okay, God, let me know. And we don't do anything. God doesn't normally operate that way. <clears throat> just wait for the clouds to <laughs> tell me what to do. So, 
Is this decision consistent with God's thumbprint? Okay, so if you got it, it's okay with the Bible and it's okay with, you know, how you're wired. So what's, what's another thing you can do? Well, we're going to look at a story, kind of a long story, but it's not a very complicated story, a historical event uh, from the Old Testament. And it takes place right after Solomon dies. Now, Solomon was like the king of Israel. Uh, David was a big king. He was really important. But then Solomon comes along and he makes the kingdom as powerful as it ever has been ever was or ever has been since then. So Solomon's king, the, the nation's wealthy, they've expanded their borders, everything's going good. And of course, then Solomon dies. Everybody dies. And uh, David wasn't Saul's son, but starting with David, they started, you know, my son's going to be the next king, my, that son's going to be the next king, etc. thing. So Solomon was David's son. And so David has a bunch of sons. Well, one of them, Rehoboam's going to be the next king. He's Solomon's son. So this is the situation. He's taking, he's coming into power. Kind of like what happened in, in uh, January in our country, right? The new president came into power. New king comes into power. So we're going to read the story out of uh, 1 Kings chapter 12. Rehoboam went to Shechem where all Israel had gathered to make him king. So he's, he's king now. Now, Israel has made up these 12 tribes. And so all of Israel has gathered to do this. Uh, moving on. When Jeroboam, now Jeroboam <laughs> had gotten in, in, in uh, trouble with Solomon, so he had ran off to Egypt. So Solomon's dead, so he comes back. So he heard of this, he returned from Egypt, he fled to Egypt to escape King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him. So uh, it's some of the northern tribes in particular. And the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. <clears throat> so Rehoboam's the next king. But Jeroboam has a following, especially in the northern kingdoms. Actually, the majority, which is kind of interesting. And so here's what happens. He uh, <clears throat> said, your father, Solomon, was a hard master. So here it is. This is what, what we're desiring, what, we're, what we are requesting. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. So one way the nation got powerful was this way. Then we will be your loyal subjects. So they kind of give them an ultimatum, okay? All right. We've gotten to this place, but we don't want things to stay the same. We want things to get better. And so you can implement that. We'll, we'll, we'll follow you. We're loyal. We'll be your subjects. So the king's response is, <clears throat> give me three day, days to think this over. So he was wise enough to say, I need some time to think about this. Then come back for your answer so the people went away. So in three days, we're going to come back. Here's his answer, right? So what's he do? Well, he discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. So, you know, this is a group of advisors that Solomon had when he was king. So they're probably still hanging around. So he advised, they advised Solomon. So said, hey, I'll ask them what I should do. What's your advice? How should I answer these people? And they tell him. The older counselors replied, if you're willing to be a servant to these people today. Now, Jesus modeled servant leadership, but kings in those days didn't, right? So they said, if you thinking about serving them rather than serving you, and give them a favorable answer, kind of say, okay, I think that's wise. 
They will always be your loyal subject, but that's what you want as a king, right? Loyal subjects. So it's kind of a win-win situation. But then he's not satisfied, and he goes to his high school buddies, guys he grew up with, which is kind of natural too, right? You would seek advice from people you know. And he says, hey, here's the situation. What should I do? And here's their response. The young man replied, this is what you should tell the complainers. Uh, wait a minute, they were, they were just giving their opinion. Now, perspective means a lot, right? Complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. That's kind of a weird analogy, but anyway, there it is. <clears throat> uh, moving on. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. I'm here and I'm taking over, and you better listen. That's their advice. So now he has a dilemma, right? You ever have two people give you contradictory advice? Makes it even harder, doesn't it? What are you going to do? And they're kind of complete opposites. You know, one saying to this, one saying to the other. So the same thing with true with us. The question is, who are we listening to? Who are you listening to? Who am I listening to? Because not everybody gives good advice, right? And it's really important who you listen to. The people you listen to are a preview of the future you. Right? You become like the people you listen to. So, for example, <clears throat> if you're having marriage problems and you go and we counsel people and they come to us, always important to find out is who are you listening to? So we ask the wife, uh, who are you listening to? And if we get a response like, well, my girlfriends. Well, tell me about your girlfriends. Well, this lady, you know, she's been married twice and she's in a third relationship and that's not going well or... Uh, this girl's friend's never been married, but you know, I, really, I really appreciate her. I, I like her insult, insight. And I'm scratching my head. I'm thinking, do you want advice from somebody who's never been married? Do you want advice from somebody that's, that's blown it three times? I mean, let's use a little common sense here. Now, if they tell me, hey, I'm listening, you know, my parents have been married for 40 years, and you know, they've had their struggles, but they're, you know, they've worked through it, and they've got a really good relationship now, and we're seeking their advice. I think, all right, I think that's probably the right place to go. That's the right person to listen to. Now, if you ask the guys, they're usually not asking anybody. And guys, that's not good, all right? <laughs> um, you know, talk to somebody. Now, the pushback is this. Pastor, you're judging my girlfriends. No, I'm not judging them. This is discernment. Right? Who is going to give you the best advice about marriage? Somebody that blew it or somebody that did it? Right. You've got some financial issues. Who are you going to ask? I've got a brother who's filed bankruptcy twice. Or somebody like Dave Ramsey. Who do you think I should get advice from? You see, this isn't, this isn't judging. This is discernment. This is the smart thing to do. It's okay. So three days are up. What's the king going to do? Three days later, Jeroboam, all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision. He's got to make a decision. Just as he had ordered, Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people. Now, no matter what he's decided, he didn't have to speak harshly, right? That's not usually wise. 
He rejected the advice of the older, and we might think wiser maybe, counselors and followed the counsel of his young advisors. He told the people. It's interesting. He basically verbatim just regurgitated what they had said. My father laid heavy burdens on you. I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips. I'm going to beat you with scorpions. The future you. And if you know the story, what happened? Destroyed the kingdom. Split it in half. And and went on for bat. In fact, it became warring, battling each other. Jew against Jew. So third question. We can get this from the story. Is the decision consistent with wise, godly counsel? There's people that are wise that aren't godly sometimes. There are people that are godly and aren't too wise. So you know, what you're really were looking for is wise, godly counsel. Now, your, your church leadership just met yesterday in a retreat. We call it the management team. Had a great time. Appreciate everybody that was there. <clears throat> uh, hopefully you know this. I don't make the decisions for the church. In fact, in those meetings, I don't get to vote. I don't think that's fair, but I don't. Uh, the rest of them get to vote. I get to talk, but I don't get to vote. All right? And the, the point is, with 12 people, we can make better decisions than we can, or I can, by myself. And the other thing I've encouraged you all is have mentors. You guys are school teachers. Hopefully there's some teachers who have been teaching for 30 or 40 years you can go and ask questions to. That's just smart. That's wise. Right? We can find that in all... Uh, Parts of life. So the question is, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? So I'm going to give you some of an object lesson, all right? Good teaching technique, right? Object lessons. Um, You don't have to guess. You know, you can get verification. But the interesting thing is, God often whispers. And when somebody whispers, do you lean in or just say, I can't hear them? You lean in, don't you? There's a story in the Bible, I don't have time to tell you about it, but you know, somebody wanted to know what God, Elijah, his name was Elijah, wanted to know what God was going to say, and he, he, he wasn't through all the noisy stuff, it was a whisper. So here we go. If you're driving around this week, anytime you see a red light, I want you to think about, sometimes God says stop. I'll give you a couple examples. I, I got a chance to go on my dream vacation, whatever that might be. All right? And then... You realize that you've maxed out three of your credit cards. And we always think there's not going to be an opportunity to go again, right? Well, let me just tell you, in that situation, you can stop praying about that one. <laughs> if you've maxed out three credit cards, you're not going, well, I'm not saying you not. You shouldn't go on that vacation. Tougher one. I'm in this relationship I'm thinking about again, you know, actually marrying this person. And yeah, we just get along so great. We got all this stuff in common. First question I always ask couples when I'm talking about um, talk to the lady, are you a Jesus follower? Is that important to you? Yeah. Talk to the guy, are you a Jesus follower? Important to you. So if I ask talking to one by one without the other there, I say, is is he or she a, a Jesus follower? I don't know. Red light. <laughs> if you don't know, that's a red light. You better figure that out before you go any further. Now, when God gives us a red light, is he just trying to ruin our fun? Is that what he's doing? No, he's not always trying to restrict us. He's trying to protect us. Because that 
vacation you can't afford is, is trouble. And if you're marrying somebody that's not committed to God as you are, that's trouble. That's not God ruining your fun. Moving on. Yellow light. What do you do when you see a yellow light? Speed up, right? Not fine. <laughs> but that's not what we're supposed to do, right? What are you supposed to do? Slow down, right? So if you ever ask a couple people some advice, and this one said, yeah, you should do it. This one said, yeah, and then this one said, no, and you got this conflicting stuff. What does that mean? That's a yellow light, right? Slow down. Not you shouldn't do it, or maybe you shouldn't, but slow down. And be proactive. Maybe you're not facing a, a big decision right now, but put these things in place. Make sure you got wise counsel. Make sure you figured out what the Bible says. Make sure you figured out what your thumbprint is. But sometimes we get what? Green lights. Green light means what? Full steam ahead. Put your foot down on the accelerator. <clears throat> uh, we think of all kinds of illustrations, but uh, maybe I have an opportunity for a new job. Go teach at a different school, different place, whatever it might be. And Bible didn't say anything about that. Uh, you know, I'm still teaching, you know, whatever. Uh, that fits my thumbprint. I've asked this couple, you know, some godly people, wise people that I respect. And, that's it. and, and what I like to hear is, I, I, I see God all over that. You know, that sounds like a God thing. You know, it's a better situation. Maybe it's an age group you prefer and you're making more money. I mean, it's just like win, win, win. And so, now you still can say no. You still have choice. And will everything always work out even if it's the right thing? No, not necessarily. But you've done your homework. You've done your best. So let's just review the questions and we'll do a, have a song and let you go. Is the decision consistent with the Bible? Okay. Now sometimes we don't want to know because we want to do what we want to do. But this is, we get in trouble. But you know, this is a good place to start. Is it consistent with the Bible? Secondly, is it consistent with my thumbprint? Is this something I'm, God's wired me to do? Um, and of course, you have to have opportunities, as we talked about last week. And then it, is it consistent with wise, godly counsel? And we've all been there. We want to do this thing, and everybody that's wise and godly is telling us no. And we probably at times have done that and regretted it, right? So let's be wise enough to ask, because God... Speak, sometimes in a whisper, but God speaks. Let's pray and then have the song let you go. Father God, thank you. We thank you that you're God that desires to speak, that you have a great plan for us, that you love us, it's the best for us. Uh, God, we don't always want to cooperate, but uh, give us uh, <laughs> access to wisdom, whether it's from the Bible or from other people. Let's figure out our, our wiring and then let's find those people that surround ourselves with. And make it, because none of us want to make bad decisions. Nobody does. Nobody else wants to have regrets. So God, we ask for that, your direction. Uh, we pray for anyone that's not a Jesus follower. The wisest thing to do, as most of us would tell you, is to step across that line and let, and let God just wrap his arms around you and love you and invite you into his family. Um, thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.